Welcome to the Amity Bible Church with our pastor, Dr. Les Smith, because our vision is to become the church that Christ intended it to be, to know God and to make him known as our mission. And we are committed to loving God, serving others, and are unashamedly obsessed with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can always get the message online, YouTube, Facebook, and our podcast that's air on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you like and subscribe to all three. Pastor Smith is back with a word, continuing the series entitled, The Tension Between Humanness and Holiness. Watch out for talking snakes. Follow along with us in your Bibles to Genesis 3, 1a, and let's listen as Dr. Smith explains. What I'd like for you to leave understanding is where the talking snakes came from, what they look like, and then next week I'm going to have you uh, understand how you can escape from talking snakes. So this way, I'm, this Sunday, we're just going to acquaint you with them. So the, the first thing I have to ask is, is who ever heard of talking snakes? I mean, think about it. You, that's just not something every day that you run into, maybe you think. I've heard of talking birds. People are very proud of their talking birds. I have even heard, if you count television, of a talking horse. You all remember Mr. Ed. A horse is a horse, of course, of course. And no one can talk to a horse, of course. That is, of course, unless the horse is a famous Mr. Ed. Go right to the source and ask the horse. He'll give you an answer that sure endorse. Talk to Mr. Ed. So we know that there are talking birds, and some of us have even met a talking horse. But what I want you to understand is that the world is full of talking snakes. You just don't recognize them when they confront you. You get a robocall, and on the other end of that call just may be a talking snake. If you go to the wrong car dealership, and you find a desperate car salesman, you may just get a, a talking snake. And don't get your AC repaired by somebody that you don't know because you may run into a talking snake. If you, got, if you get stopped by the wrong police officer, you could get a talking snake. And I want to warn, raise your hand if you're single in here. That means unattached. Raise your hand. Okay, so now I want to give you a warning because you're looking for companionship. You're looking for a relationship, but you better be careful because that cute guy or that cute girl just may be a talking snake. Boom, shakalakalaka. Listen to the text. Listen to the text. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now, that ought to shake you up because God made talking snakes. God tolerated talking snakes. And we know that he talked because the text says, and he said... To the woman. Now, I'm not going to go into all that he said this week. We'll touch that next week, but then that's to help you get prepared for the talking snake. Now, depending on the translation, and some of you may have K KJV, some of you have NIV, some of you have uh, ESV, the word crafty is rendered in a number of ways. It could be that this 
serpent was more intelligent or more astute or more clever or more cunning. But the one that I like is he's most able to fool you. <laughs> Boom. Yes. I see y'all with me now. Okay. So the idea of a talking snake may be hard for some of you to swallow. Why? Because you demand proof. You demand proof that there is such a thing as a talking snake. But I want all of you to understand that the Bible was not written to prove anything to you. The Bible is not a book of proof. It's a book of faith. The Bible makes no attempt to explain God. It simply declares God. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's it. No big bang, no evolution, no origin of the species in the beginning, God. So you know what the Bible is saying? The Bible is saying you are in up front or you are out because the Bible is not there to prove anything to you. But God gives you faith so that you might believe what he says. So today we're going to talk about the talking snake. And I want you to become familiar with the talking snake. And why? Why, pastor, do you want these people to be familiar? Because they're always talking about the devil. We have a devil obsession, it seems. Okay, and, I wanna, and then I want to leave a word of warning for you rebukers. Okay, some of y'all are into rebuking the devil. Okay, I know who you are. I know who you are. Okay, so I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Ezekiel 28. Now, it's very, very important that you follow along. So Ezekiel 28, and I'm going to give you a chance to get there because it's just very important that you see what the Bible has to say. So I'm going to take a sip of water and give you a chance to get there because we don't want you anywhere else but at Ezekiel 28, and our focus verse begins at verse 12. And so when you're there, I want you to just sort of lift your hands up so I know how many are with us. Okay, that's good. Okay, so for you who are listening online, I hope that you are there. So we're going to start with verse 12. And I, and I want you to listen and follow along because the words matter. When you read the Bible, words matter. So listen, Ezekiel is being instructed by God. God calls Ezekiel son of man, servant of man, prophet to man. He says, son of man, take up a song of mourning over the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the Lord says. You had the seal of protection, of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. So let's stop and unpack this because that's what we're going to do for each one of these verses. God tells Ezekiel to take up a funeral song against the king of Tyre, obviously because there is some concern about the demise of the king of Tyre. From biblical history, we know that Tyre was a real city, and it had a real king who had a real problem, and his problem was pride. 
But our job is to figure out if Ezekiel is being spoken to by God about the real king, the earthly king, so we have to go on. So Ezekiel is instructed by God as to what he should sing in his funeral song. And he says, you had the seal of perfection. Okay, and so if Pastor Martin was here, he said, now this is the thing, this is the thing, okay? You need to notice that the king he's talking about had the seal of perfection. Not only that, he was full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now, when we consider the second part of Ezekiel 12, we can see that Ezekiel is definitely not talking about an earthly king. How do we know that? First of all, Adam and Eve were the only perfect humans who ever walked the earth. So there's no way that there's a king of Tyre that was perfect who was indeed a human being. So he's speaking metaphorically to Ezekiel to take up a funeral song against a being that's not human. Somebody in here say amen, because we, we, we're looking at the Bible. Okay, now let's go to 28, 13, and it's gonna begin to get even clearer He's talking about the king of Tyre, and look at what he says. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Full stop. So the king of Tyre, who was perfect and beautiful and wise, was also in the garden of Eden. Don't forget that, because that's going to be important. We're coming back to that. Every precious stone was your covering. The ruby, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the lapis lazuli, the turquoise, and the emerald, and the gold, the workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you. Can you imagine someone? This, 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 is, this is more jewelry than 50 cent. You talk about bling. Whoever this is was blingalicious. But he's not human. And yet he's blingalicious. It says, and on that day, you were created, they were prepared for you. In other words, whoever this creature is was created by God, and God prepared all this bling for him. Boom. You know, you, this, this is hope for me. You know, right, right now, I don't have a lot of gold and chains and all that, but maybe God has in store for me some bling. And I ain't mad at him. I'm going to just wait my turn. The king of Tyre is being used as a metaphor for someone else. Ezekiel is describing a created being of incredible beauty that was in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Okay. Straight from the Bible. Okay. So my first takeaway is this. You can find talking snakes in some of the most unexpected places. You can find talking snakes in some of the most 
unexpected places. Jesus in Matthew 3, 7 said, he called the Pharisees and the Sadducees a brood of vipers. In other words, a family of snakes. And then he goes on in 12:34. Jesus says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything that is good? Jesus is talking about sn- talking snakes. You know what he's saying? You can find them in the church. Now, scribes and Pharisees were church people. And so it means that you have to be careful where you go to church. Snakes are everywhere. And so people will tell you anything to separate you from your money. The Lord is going to bless you. You just sow into my ministry, and you're going to be blessed a hundredfold. You can find talking snakes anywhere. In the classroom, in the workroom, even in the bedroom. Verse 14, you were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. Listen, you were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until righteousness, unrighteousness was found in you. This incredibly beautiful creature that God made that was on the mountain with God, but something happened and unrighteousness was found in him and that changed everything. So that brings me to takeaway number two. Talking snakes often have a very spiritual facade. In other words, they look good until they don't. And sometimes, that, this is why I encourage people who are contemplating marriage, don't marry anybody you don't know. Because everybody can go for a while. There was an Indian chief, he was telling this story about the way that young braves were given there to, to pass from boyhood to manhood. And so they had to go out into the wilderness and live during a very difficult time in the year when the weather was cold and they had to be out there by themselves for two or three days. And while this young brave was out there, there was a rattlesnake on the ground quivering. And, and the snake said to the brave, can you just put me closer to the fire? Can you just warm me up? He's, and, and they say, but, but my people have told me I need to avoid you because you're a danger. He says, look at me. I'm pitiful. You know, I, I'm, I'm in between jobs right now. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm down on my luck, but I'm going to be better. You know, I'm, I'm going I'm to be able to support you, you know, when I get better. 
And so the snake said, pick me up and uh, take me home with you. Let me warm up by your fire. So the young brave took him home. And not only did he take him home and put him by the fire, he put him on his breast. And the snake warmed up and he started to rattle. And the first thing he did was dug his fangs into the young man as he was standing, sitting there dying, you know, and, and he says, why did you do it? I took care of you. He said, you knew I was a snake when you picked me up. So all I'm going to say is you better be able to spot talking snakes because if you pick them up and take them home with you, then it's all on you. Let's, let's move on. 16 and 17. He says, by the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence and you sin. Therefore, I have cast you as profane from the mountain of God and I've destroyed you, you covering cherub from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was haughty because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendor. I threw you to the ground. I put you before kings that they may see you. What is God saying? God, said, God says, I, I'm, I'm fed up. Some situations are irredeemable. And so he threw this beautiful creature out of heaven. And so this brings me to my third takeaway. I only have a couple more. God has a zero tolerance policy when it comes to talking snakes. In other words, you may get by but you are not going to get away. So, so I'm, I, I'm sure that in an incredible place like this, there are no talking snakes in here. So I'm, I'm just warning you against the talking snakes. But next week, I'm going to tell you how to, how to deal with them if one happens to slither in. So what do we know? We know that God's heart was broken because one of his beautiful creatures became consumed with his own beauty and lost sight of the beauty of his creator. Haven't you seen this? God will uh, permit people who had nothing to rise to incredible stardom. And they start out singing hymns and gospel music and all of a sudden, because the money turns, they start doing the hoochie-coochie. No more gospel music. You have to understand that God has a zero tolerance policy for people who try to use him funny. That beautiful creature ended up in the garden with Adam and Eve. But who was he? And what was his name? So we can't get that from Ezekiel, but Isaiah slides right in to help us out. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 14, because we're gonna hook these two together. But we're gonna do it based on what the scriptures say and how parallel they are. So I'll give you a minute, Isaiah chapter 14. We're gonna begin at verse 12, but we're gonna give you a minute to turn to Isaiah 14. By the way, I only have 10, 10 more minutes, so you guys are gonna have to pick it up. 
Isaiah 14. If you're there, slip your hand up so I know you're here with, okay. Now, we're going to work through this maybe a little bit more slowly than we did through uh, Ezekiel because there's more to grasp. I, and, and, and I want you to have your thinking caps on to, so you can follow me, okay? So Isaiah 14, 12 says, how, have, how you have fallen from heaven, you star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth, you who defeated the nations. So now Isaiah is talking about someone who is thrown out of heaven, who is called star of the morning, son of the dawn. Okay, are, we, are you with me? That's the New American Standard Bible. Now let's go to the NIV. The NIV doesn't say star of the morning, it says morning star. So it says, how have you fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn? Are you tracking with me? Okay, now we're going to go to the KJV that kind of sums this thing up. Because the KJV, King James Version says, how, has, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? So what can we conclude that star of the morning or morning star is a literal translation of the word Lucifer? He was also called son of the dawn, son of the morning, and a possessor of beauty and wisdom. So now we have a name of who got thrown out of heaven. His name is Lucifer. Okay, what you may not know is that there was already a morning star in heaven before Lucifer was created. There was already a morning star. We turn to Revelation 22, verse 16. Just make a note. Revelation 22, verse 16. Jesus, in verse 16 of Revelation 22, it reads this way. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Boom! Shakalakalak. So there was already a morning star, but he happened to be the bright and morning star. Somebody in here ought to be praying with me. The morning star was cast out of heaven because he was not content to be the morning star. He wanted to be the bright morning star. He, he, in other words, he wanted Jesus's position. Y'all ought to pray with me now because well, I'm trying to help you. And then as if to stick his finger into God's face, this bright, this morning star this Lucifer fellow went to the Garden of Eden, disguised himself as a talking snake, and corrupted God's creation. And God stood aside and let him do it. 
Not because he couldn't stop him. Not because he didn't know that's what would happen. But because God is sovereign. And he can do whatever he wants to do. Whenever he wants. With whomever he wants. God had a plan for Lucifer. Now, let's see if we can make this more practical. According to William Shakespeare, jealousy is a green-eyed monster. Jealousy is bad, but envy is worse. Jealousy is fear that you will lose what you have. Let me speak to the brothers now. You got a trophy wife, and you see another brother looking at your trophy wife. That, ri- that raises up jealousy. Envy is coveting that which belongs to someone else. That's you looking at somebody else's trophy wife. Boom, shackle. Jealousy caused Saul to want to kill David. Envy caused David to kill a man and take his wife. Envy caused Lucifer to rebel against God, lose his position in heaven, and become a talking snake. It is envy and jealousy that gives birth to talking snakes. When you become dissatisfied with what God has given you, and you allow envy to arise in your heart, then you face the real possibility of becoming a talking snake. Listen to the snake. Listen to the snake. This is Isaiah 14, 13. He said, but you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But God said, "Uh uh-uh, nevertheless, you will be brought down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. He was not satisfied. He had an exalted position, but he's not satisfied. He was not content with just worshiping God. He wanted God's glory for himself. Let me speak a minute to to you beautiful people. You know, you, you with the luxurious hair. You, you didn't grow that hair through vitamins and, and a talented salon operator. That's a gift from God. And if you happen to be, you know, 6'3", dark and handsome like me, wait, 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 wait. My people down here laughing. Oh, see. So, so you, you guys are laughing with me, right, not at me. You have to understand that God blesses you abundantly and his expectation is that you are satisfied until he blesses you with more. And whether you get more is going to be determined by what you did with what he gave you. Be thou faithful over a few things and he will make you ruler over many things. Take the nickel. And be glad. And one day, you might get a quarter. Okay, so my takeaway number four, and I'm almost finished, 
talking snakes believe that they are indeed the center of the universe. When you find someone who is so impressed with themselves that all they can do is talk about them. Have you ever heard people brag? You know, but, but they kind of they sly way brag, you know, this, you know. Yeah, I'm, I, I just recently got a promotion, you know, and, and so now I'm, I'm, I have 30 people working for me. Oh, and and I, I, got a, I got a double digit raise and, and I got a company car. Bless you. Bless you. The problem with taking credit for what God has done is you put yourself in a position where you stop up the pipe. See, God operates this way. When he opens up a pipe in your life, he expects that pipe to remain open. You become a conduit, not a reservoir. Reservoirs is where you store water. Conduits pass water. So, so God gives you 25 cents and you pass a dime on to somebody else. You say, but, but I ain't got but 25 cents, but if you keep the pipe open, there's another quarter coming. When we consider Lucifer's fall from heaven, look at what Jesus said, and I'm almost finished now. Look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 18. Okay, remember, Lucifer got, sto- got thrown out of heaven. You remember that? Lucifer got thrown out of heaven. But listen to what Jesus says in verse 18 of Luke. He said, and he said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So, Isaiah called him Lucifer. Jesus called him Satan. He was the morning star who wanted to be the bright morning star. In this passage, Jesus confirmed that Lucifer and Satan are the same person which means that Satan was present in the garden in the form of a talking snake. Listen to, okay, so now we've got another practical lesson and then we'll be through. Revelation 12, 7 through 9 gives us a glimpse of what happened when Satan left heaven. Revelation 12, verse 7, and there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon and his angels. And they did not prevail, and there was no longer a place found for them. And that great dragon, okay, now we, we haven't met the dragon before. Now we got the dragon. That great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil, and Satan, boom, well, wait a minute now, who deceives the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Amen. The dragon, Lucifer, the devil, Satan, and the talking snake in the garden are all the same person. My final takeaway is this. No matter what form he takes, a talking snake is still 
a talking snake. Satan used the snake to put a stain on humanity forever. God's glorious plan for humanity had been corrupted by a talking snake. Just as Satan used the snake, he can use you. Now, I want to close with an illustration, and then we're going to do the invitation. Okay, so I have here uh, a piece of paper. I don't know if you can see it, but I'm standing as close to the dots as I'm allowed. And so I want you to look, and on this side of the paper is clean. And on this side of the paper is clean. And this is what the heart of the man and the woman looked like before they met a talking snake. Clean. Perfect. Then they disobeyed. I don't know if you can see it, but just a little dot right there. No biggie. They just disobeyed God when he told them, don't eat of the fruit in the garden. So they soiled their souls. And then they tried to cover it up. They took leaves and sewed them together to cover their nakedness. Sometimes we in the church try to cover our nakedness so people won't see our dirt. And then we start wrapping ourselves in fig leaves, trying to get back to where we used to be. But no matter how hard we press, no matter how hard we make the effort, we can never get back to where we used to be because if nothing else, you're gonna have the dot even if you can smooth out the wrinkles. We had an awesome time in the Lord and we pray that you did as well and want to thank you for visiting the Amity Bible Church. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us, or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, we hope to see you then. Be blessed.